what's the deal with my brain? Why am I so obviously insane in a perfect situation? Let love down the drain, there's the beach, slow and straight. All I have to do is swing and I'm a hero. This is Rish Outfield. There's not going to be enough for a full Rish Outcast here. I'm outside right now and it's cold. <laughs> I came up to the cabin one last time because, you know, the season is over and I haven't managed to write. I don't want to say at all, but pretty close to at all. I'll sit down to write and I'll get a paragraph, sometimes half a page, but it's never been that splendid experience where the words are just flowing and you can't get them down fast enough and you're just ooh, in a frenzy. It's beautiful. And speaking of beautiful, the reason I came out here right now Okay, so it's morning, and this has been so cold. Last night, I just couldn't stand it. First thing I did was I put on two layers of clothes. You know, long sleeves and then, well, a short sleeve shirt and then a long sleeve shirt over that. And this is indoors, and I couldn't stay warm. I put on two pairs of socks, couldn't stay warm, so I had to build a fire, and I hadn't built a fire myself in all the times that I've come here by myself, which is... Granted, just, I think this is the third time or fourth time. But I built this fire and, and it did increase the temperature <laughs> inside the cabin. And I looked and at one point there was a 27 degree difference between in the cabin and out of the cabin. Anyway, eventually I fell asleep and when I woke up, the temperature in the cabin had gone down, but not considerably. But the temperature outside had continued to go down. It was just above freezing and... That's what I'm standing in right now. But I, I, I said, speaking of beautiful, the reason I came out here is there is a fog. I'm in the woods. I'm the only one here. I came on a Thursday. The last time I came here on a Thursday, there was nobody else here. And now it's not only Thursday, but it's cold and rainy and super foggy. So yes, I'm absolutely alone. Yeah, I wish you had been here with me last night just to keep me warm. <laughs> I built another fire just now, and uh, I'm not very good at building a fire. I mean, I, I understand the mechanics involved. I understand how a fire is built. I just, I guess I'm not patient enough to, okay, now I add a little bit more. Okay, we're going to put some, some twigs on there. Okay, now those are, I just want to put a log on and have it start to burn. But anyhow, uh, just a second ago, I came outside to get another log for the fire. I, I grabbed three. <laughs> I'm so f old and fat and weak that I could only carry three at a time. Gosh, I whine a lot, don't I? Anyhow, I saw this fog and it was, you know, usually the fog that I've known is to low to the ground and it sort of creeps along. And this fog is from the sky downward. It's, it's as though the clouds may be lowered and they're getting closer and closer to the ground. Anyhow, I heard a crow call. And you know how crows sound. They're, ah, ah, or, you know, like that kind of thing. And I was just like, oh, gosh, this is really cool. I need to get my recorder out and talk about it. Yeah, I'll give you just a tiny bit of what I've been doing instead of writing on this trip. Months ago, 
I did an episode for my story, The Brown Prom. Then I sat down to record it and realized that it was insanely long, like really, really long. And so I thought, oh, okay, well, I guess I better do a second episode and I'll split it in two. Then I fell asleep in the middle of the recording. Not of the story, but of the Rish Outcast. Or, or uh, it might have been a uh, podcast that dares not speak its name because I had fake Sean Connery with me. And then the next day, uh, I was driving and I grabbed my recorder and I recorded what I thought was the second episode for the Brown Prom. But what it turned out to be was the third episode because I had fallen asleep and recorded a whole show. I just, I don't know. Anyway, I was putting all that together last night and I was just like, gosh, what do I do? Should I split it in three parts? Have my first ever three-part Rish Outcast? Uh, and maybe I should have because the story, like I said, is way long. But just thought I, I will listen to what I recorded for the third episode and, what, you know, for the second episode. And I'll splice them together and make, you know, just two episodes out of it. And so that's what I did. But it ended up taking forever. It was really hard work because I told the same stories, but I told them differently, you know, covering different details. Wow, this, the fog, it, it, it's almost as though it's smoke because it's coming through the trees in wisps. I guess I said wisps was what it was not like, but... Oh, there it is. Oh, no, that's, that's too big to be a crow. How big are crows? That thing is, is really huge. Not really huge, but it has a wingspan of at least two feet. Oh, do you hear that? Rain. Well, that's going to make it just as pleasant out here as it can be. Uh, anyhow, I spent a long time editing the story and the podcasts. And I'm just about done. I finished the first one, and with the second one, I just need to lay in the story. And usually I put in some Kevin McLeod music, and I need to do that. But it ate up five hours which is fine who cares i mean i came out here for solitude and i came out here to write i came out here to read i came out here to edit and i've done three of those things well the solitude and i uh, read a chapter of my book and i'd really like to go back to reading it because i'm cold but uh, gosh i need to write before i go i'm not gonna let myself leave until i write Okay, well, it's a few hours later. <laughs> I complained about the cold, right? Not long after I stopped recording, it started to snow. Ah. I, I, I wish this were a radio show and I had three hours to fill every single day because I could do it. Yesterday, I went to Walmart to get some bread because uh, part of my tradition of going to the cabin is... I always buy a loaf of bread to make peanut butter sandwiches with, which is either super charming or absolutely pathetic. I don't know. You know, I just reached a dead end. Damn it. And uh, as I was checking out, there was this dude, an old gravelly complainy dude. And he said, ah, 
nearly 80 out there. I gotta say, I can't wait for winter to come again. And two things. A-F-U. I like winter and cancer about the same level. But two, 80 degrees is not hot. Okay? I mean, maybe if you weigh 500 pounds and they have to cut a hole in the wall to get you to the hospital, 80 is hot outside. Ugh. Anyway, you know, he was still complaining. And the, the lady that was running the register said, well, not, not much more time, you know. They say it's going to get awful cool. He was still grousing. And finally I said, did you say you can't wait for winter to get here? I mean, I mean it's just... It's like, you know, boy, I sure wish my penis were smaller. You know, it's one of those things that it's just like, yeah, I, I can't, I can't believe I heard that right. And he goes, oh yeah, Ugh. I can stand the cold way better than I can stand the heat. And you know, there are tons of people. I talk to people all the time that say that. In fact, it may be the predominant attitude at least in these kind of climbs. Somebody in Florida or somebody in California would agree with me. But, but really, you know, I refute that with two words. Summer dresses. Okay? But anyway, I, I was just like, huh, okay. And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm the opposite, but uh, all right. And I started to check out and he stuck around because I, them's fighting words, kid. And he said, what's the coldest you ever been in? I was like, what, uh, coldest? And I told him, I, you know, I went to Canada in January for a, uh, a wedding. I went to Calgary in January. And that was, and he goes, how cold was that? And I couldn't remember. I told him, I, you know, I think it was 20 below. It was so cold that they had to plug their cars in at night. And he goes, I spent a winter in North Dakota. 85 degrees below zero. So winter around here is a picnic. Anyway, he walked away. He could not have walked away fast enough. And, and you know, I'm getting old. I complain about it in every other episode, sadly. I can see myself becoming that grouchy piece of crap. But hopefully not for six months, at least. Afterward, the lady was ringing me up and I said, Is that even possible? 85 degrees below zero. I mean, I don't think a freezer is 85 degrees below zero. She agreed with me. She said, oh, my husband's the same way. He'll tell a story about how windy it got, how hot it got. And the number goes a little higher every single time. And I was like, okay, well, thank you. Feel a little bit justified. But anyhow, it was cold. It is still cold. I haven't turned on the heater yet because I'm recording, but you know what? I'm going to do it. It started to snow. That's, that's how I got onto this story, is that it started to snow right as soon as I stopped talking to you. This has to be a survival trait that's built into the human race. But when your feet and your fingers start getting cold, your body starts getting cold, the first thing I wanted to do was go to sleep. Because, you know, your heartbeat slows, your uh, circulation, I would imagine, slows as well. You, you, uh, but maybe it's uh, the opposite of a uh, survival trait. Maybe your body is shutting down and getting ready for death. But uh, that did happen. 
I had to go out and get more logs for the fire. <laughs> Here's one more thing that I didn't tell you. <clears throat> I only brought sandals. I didn't bring any boots. I didn't bring any shoes. I only brought sandals. And so luckily I had a pair of old socks and then I had thrown a pair of socks into my bag. And so I put both of them on and I started to alternate them. I'd put a pair on the stove and I would wear a pair and then I would switch. And <laughs> I don't know why I'm telling you this. This is, well, I don't know why I tell you anything, right? I guess the point I was trying to make is, yes, I could fill a three-hour radio show every single day. But um, <laughs> on Tuesday, Tuesday, uh, today being now Friday, I think I said it was Thursday before, but I came down on a Thursday and going back on a Friday. I was getting the garbage cans from the curb where I take them for the garbage truck to pick them up. And I yanked on one and it tipped over and landed right on my second to smallest toe. And of course, yeah, I was wearing sandals and it hurt a lot, but oh well, you know, you, you live with it. Anyway, it continued to hurt and swelled, swelled, uh, there's my education showing. It swelled up and it turned purple. And I thought, ooh, well, it feels just like it looks. Anyhow, once I got in this cold, that toe just started to throb and it's really hurting right now. And I, I don't know that I broke it. I imagine I just squished it, you know, like when you Stick your finger in the door. Stick your finger? Slam your finger? Wouldn't you harm? <sighs> anyway, it's still really sort of throbbing right now, and I wonder if two pairs of socks is too constrictive on an injured toe. I don't know. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. I had told you that, okay, I'm going to make myself right. And... Uh, I couldn't do it. I wrote maybe a page. No, not even. Come on. Don't kid a kidder. I wrote half a page. I did get out my notebook and start transcribing another story. It's one that I think I'll put out there for Christmas 2017, which at this rate has passed, but oh well. Oh, dear, dear, dear in the road. Hmm. Yes, I was going fast. I, I started transcribing the story. You know, that, that's not exactly writing, but it's it's the second best thing. It's you know rewriting, which is a big deal, and it's getting a story more in a place where I can share it with others, uh, which is a huge deal. But anyhow, um, this is the, I'm guessing last time I'm going to come to the cabin. I said that when I first started recording it. I'd like to do it again. This time they'll bring a jacket and luckily I had a sweater, which I am wearing now over my shirt from yesterday. And uh, get a lot of food and say, you know what, I'm going to do more than just a day. I'm really going to work at this. I'm going to write a lot. and I don't know why I'm having such a difficulty 
doing it. Part of me says, well, maybe I'm just not inspired. You need to be inspired. But I don't think that flies. If I were sitting down with Harlan Ellison, if I were sitting down with Ray Bradbury, well, if I were speaking to Ray Bradbury via a Ouija board, if I were sitting down with Stephen King, if I were sitting down with Tim Pratt, I think that they would say inspiration is overrated. You just have to write. And if you're a good enough writer, if you practice your craft enough, hard work achieves the same end as inspiration. Anyway, that's, that's my thought. I mean, I've heard, you know, success is 80% perspiration and 20% inspiration. Although, sadly, with inflation, the 20% inspiration has gone down to 16%. But, you know, a lot of times the things that I write come from, wouldn't it be weird if, wouldn't it be scary if, wouldn't it be funny if? And I've talked about my fears when I go to the cabin that I'm by myself, but what if I weren't by myself? What if somebody else showed up? What if somebody knocked on the door? What if I stepped out of the bathroom and there was someone standing there? And it it gets in the back of my mind, all these thoughts of that, of, you know, I, I look over and there's somebody looking in through the window or I hear somebody walking around upstairs uh, and I know that I'm alone. In fact, you know, that happened. I was reading and I heard a thump outside. Thump. And I was not like the bug on the window that I described in Cabin in the Woods, but like a, oh, okay, that's a solid thump. And then I heard another one a moment later, close to the same place. And then I heard another one and I thought, oh, somebody is out there. And just like in the horror movies, where you yell at the screen, I decided to go investigate. And what it turned out was that snow had piled up on the roof, and it was wet snow, and it was piling up, and then it would slide down. And it was all sliding down, not at the same time, but really close to the same time. So it was a thump, thump, and there was another thump over there. It was not somebody walking around out there. But uh, that happened. And uh, I'm glad that that didn't happen at night while I was trying to go to sleep. Because that's when you're... Well, when my mind is the most vulnerable. You know, I've, I've talked about opening my eyes in the middle of the night and seeing someone standing there. And there's nobody there. But my hind brain, my subconscious, my imagination sees someone, convinces my brain... Because the brain is groggy and the switch hasn't been completely flipped. So Mr. Imagination can get his nails in there before the guards come to their post. And so I'm glad that that didn't happen during that period where I not only would have heard footsteps, but I, you know, heard somebody giggling or saying my name. Something like that. Oof. Scary. Well... I don't know. Wouldn't it be scary if? There's a story for you. Uh, but here's the last thing. And this is the reason I, I decided to turn this recording on. Even though the hard drive is full. Got six minutes before it is filled. 
I, I had to pack all the stuff back up. I had to make the bed, had to put everything back the way that I found it, make sure that the toilet was clean, all of that stuff. Then as I was going outside, there's sort of a garage downstairs. It's a cold room with tools in it, just a cement floor, sawhorses, you know, just any time work needs to be done on the cabin, there's your work shed, although it's part of the cabin. I'm just going to call it the garage. And I looked down on the floor and there were footprints on the floor in mud and they were dried. If they'd been fresh, I guess the story might feel a little different, but what they were were human looking footprints with long pointed toenails in the footprints. Okay, I will not bury the lead. They were werewolf tracks. Okay. Now I, I examined one and I was just like, huh, that's so solidly there and so clearly got claws at the end of each toe that I thought, well, that has to be intentional. Somebody was creating a man-bear print. But then I saw two or three more and they were all like that. I can't really explain it. It's just, I mean, that's just what they happened to look like. But I thought, well, I'm going to talk about this on the podcast. So let me go get my camera and take a picture of this because it's easier to take a picture than to describe. I guess I should have just said, hey, look at the picture. But as I was taking a picture of it, I thought, wouldn't it be scary if I heard a sound and I looked and at the end of the hall is darkness. There's nothing there. There's no windows. What if something were standing there? What if whatever made these tracks were standing there? Wouldn't that be scary? And I'm of two minds. I'm, I'm sort of grateful I didn't see those footprints yesterday, last night, to dwell upon them while I was trying to go to sleep. When you see the picture, you might say, you know, that's not scary at all. You suck, which may be true. But at the same time, I kind of wish that I had seen those footprints because the, the details of a story are filling in as I speak of somebody who goes to a cabin and there are tracks, animal person tracks up there that they see. I... <laughs> oh, hey, internet came back. I don't know if I have any more time. Well, hey, I, I'm out of time, guys. I My battery is full or thing is full. I'm going to let you go, but... Uh, I appreciate you listening to the Rish Outcast. This has been a short episode, right? Feel free to donate. Feel free to comment. Feel free. Good night. Now listen up, you, because I shan't be saying this again. Like it or not, the Rish Outcast is presented under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Share-Alike license. While it hurts to say, that means you can't alter, sell, or claim ownership of the file. 
but you can download it, share it, and grind it to bits under your heavy boots free of charge. There's also a Patreon fund attached to it if you've lost hold of your senses and want to encourage more of the show. You can donate a dollar an episode and up, or just contribute monthly to Outfield's daft schemes. In return, he presents exclusive content, as well as early access to the episodes. You're still here? Well, get out there and get on with your day. You think the bad guys are going to stop themselves? Perfect situation. Thus endeth the lesson. Okay, folks, a couple months back, I uh, uncovered some missing, some lost episodes of this show uh, that I had recorded over a year ago and forgotten about, and I created this little cutesy Indiana Jones discovering a lost episode intro that I put. I put it on a Doonstief episode. I put it on a Journey Into episode. Fun stuff. Here we are over a year since that recording, and uh, I just edited the episode, and it's super, super short, and I'm at the cabin again. That episode was supposed to have dropped a long time ago. I think I mentioned something that I wrote for Christmas 2017, as though that was in the future, but I am putting it out now, and uh, I, I did go to the cabin one more time. After that, I recorded my New Year's show, and I took a mop, and I wiped out those werewolf tracks. So they're not there anymore, but I still have the pictures of them. I'm outside right now. I was editing the episode, and I heard the moths hitting the glass, as I always mention. I mention it because it's just, it's kind of, I don't want to say it's remarkable, but it's a, a very interesting phenomenon, the moth thing. I have an affinity for moths. I, I just love them. I'm holding one right now while we're talking. Uh, one just landed in my hair. That's uh, just background. Anyhow, um, yeah, so I wiped out the, the pictures of the werewolves. And so they're not the werewolves. The tracks. Sorry, guys. Easily distracted. I washed them out, but I have the photographs. And so I'll post at least one picture with the show notes or the, the episode art, you know, so that you can see and tell me what you think. The uh, episode, as I said, is short. And because it's short, I feel bad releasing it in this state. I've tried various things to pad out episodes. Um, a couple of times I've included flash fiction stories after the episodes, uh, and then a sort of a, you know, an explanation of where that flash fiction story came from that are only included on the Patreon supporter versions of the episodes. And I think I'll continue to do that. But uh, as far as the padding for this episode goes, just this week, a guy friended me on Facebook, and after I accepted his friend request, he told me that he is a, a musician, an electronic musician, 
Oh, there's a beautiful moth here. A great big beautiful moth. I've got to take a picture of it too for the, uh, the episode art. Ah, oh, it flew away. But it'll be back because of the light. It's drawn to the light. Uh, the guy said that he was a musician or an aspiring musician of electronic music and he gave me an example of the kind of music that he is interested in and I, di I didn't know what that term meant. Well, the, the term he gave me was witch house genre. Only he spelled genre in a weird way, so I wasn't sure if it was a typo or if this is the name of a musical subgroup. Anyhow, he told me that what he would like is for me to record Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven, and then he would put it to music in some weird way. I mean, we've all heard electronica where they take sound bites and and they use them in their like there was a band called electric and they had a song and it had mr spock saying pure energy in it pure energy and you'd hear it over and over and over again and i was familiar with that song but i mean how long has it been since you've heard that song on the radio right but still, I, I thought, okay, well, maybe he'll do something like that. Or maybe he'll just compose some kind of music to be played in the background of my reading of The Raven. Either one is fine. Either one is great. But I recorded The Raven, so I figured I would include that as padding for this episode, just, just as a bonus. I mean, that's what we'll use. We won't use the word padding. Anyway, I'm going to present this, and I will leave you alone. And hopefully next episode will be something from 2018. Enjoy. The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe Narrated by Rish Outfield Once upon a midnight dreary While I pondered weak and weary Over many a quaint and curious volume Of forgotten lore while I nodded, nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping, as of someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. "'Tis some visitor,' I muttered, tapping at my chamber door, only this and nothing more. Ah, distinctly I remember, it was in the bleak December, and each separate dying ember wrought its ghost upon the floor. Eagerly I wished the morrow. Vainly I had sought to borrow from my book's surcease of sorrow, sorrow for the lost Lenore, for the rare and radiant maiden whom the angels name Lenore, nameless here forevermore. And the silken, sad, uncertain, rustling of each purple curtain thrilled me, filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before, so that now, to still the beating of my heart, I stood repeating, "'Tis some visitor, entreating, entrance at my chamber door, some late visitor, entreating, entrance at my chamber door, this it is, and nothing more. Presently my soul grew stronger, hesitating then no longer, 
Sir, said I, or madam, truly your forgiveness I implore, but the fact is I was napping, and so gently you came rapping, and so faintly you came tapping, tapping at my chamber door, that I scarce was sure I heard you. Here I opened wide the door. Darkness there, and nothing more. Deep into that darkness peering, long I stood there, wondering, fearing, doubting, dreaming dreams no mortal ever dared to dream before. But the silence was unbroken, and the stillness gave no token, and the only word there spoken was the whispered word, Lenore. This I whispered, and an echo murmured back the word, Lenore. Merely this, and nothing more. Back into the chamber turning, all my soul within me burning, soon again I heard a tapping somewhat louder than before. Surely, said I, surely that is something at my window lattice. Let me see, then, what thereat is, and this mystery explore. Let my heart be still a moment, and this mystery explore. Tis the wind, and nothing more. Open here I flung the shutter, when, with many a flirt and flutter, in there stepped a stately raven of the saintly days of yore. Not the least obeisance made he, not a minute stopped or stayed he, but with mien of lord or lady, perched above my chamber door, perched upon a bust of palace just above my chamber door, perched and sat, and nothing more. Then this ebony bird beguiling, my sad fancy into smiling, by the grave and stern decorum of the countenance it wore. Though thy crest be shorn and shaven, thou, I said, art sure no craven, ghastly grim and ancient raven wandering from the nightly shore. Tell me what thy lordly name is on the night's Plutonian shore. Quoth the raven, Nevermore. Much I marvelled, this ungainly, foul to hear discourse so plainly, though its answer little meaning, little relevancy bore. For we cannot help agreeing that no living human being ever yet was blessed with seeing bird above his chamber door, bird or beast upon the sculptured bust above his chamber door, with such a name as nevermore. But the raven, sitting lonely, on the placid bust, spoke only that one word, as if his soul in that one word he did outpour. Nothing farther than he uttered, not a feather than he fluttered, till I scarcely more than muttered, Other friends have flown before. On the morrow he will leave me, as my hopes have flown before. Then the bird said, Nevermore. Startled at the stillness broken, by reply so aptly spoken, Doubtless, said I, what it utters is its only stock and store, Caught from some unhappy master, whom unmerciful disaster Followed fast and followed faster, till his songs one burden bore, Till the dirges of his hope that melancholy burden bore, Of 
never, never more. But the raven still beguiling, all my fancy into smiling, straight I wheeled a cushioned seat in front of bird and bust and door. Then, upon the velvet sinking, I betook myself to linking, fancy unto fancy, thinking, what this ominous bird of yore, what this grim, ungainly, ghastly, gaunt, and ominous bird of yore meant in croaking nevermore. This I sat engaged in guessing, but no syllable expressing to the fowl whose fiery eyes now burned into my bosom's core. This and more I sat divining, with my head at ease reclining, on the cushion's velvet lining that the lamplight gloated o'er, but whose velvet violet lining with the lamplight gloating o'er, she shall press, ah, nevermore. Then methought an air grew denser, perfumed from an unseen censer, swung by seraphim whose footfalls tinkled on the tufted floor. Wretch, I cried, thy God hath lent thee, by these angels he hath sent thee, respite, respite, and nepenthe from thy memories of Lenore. Quaff, O oh, quaff this kind nepenthe, and forget this lost Lenore. Quoth the raven, Nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil, prophet still, if bird or devil, whether tempter sent or whether tempest tossed thee here ashore, desolate yet all undaunted on this desert land enchanted, on this home by horror haunted, tell me truly, I implore, is there, is there balm in Gilead? Tell me, tell me, I implore. Quoth the raven, nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil, prophet still, if bird or devil, by that heaven that bends above us, by that God we both adore, tell this soul with sorrow laden, if within the distant Aden it shall clasp a sainted maiden whom the angels name Lenore, clasp a rare and radiant maiden whom the angels name Lenore. Quoth the raven, Nevermore. Be that word our sign of parting, bird or fiend, I shrieked upstarting. Get thee back into the tempest and the night's plutonian shore. Leave no black plume as a token of that lie thy soul hath spoken. Leave my loneliness unbroken. Quit the bust above my door. Take thy beak from out my heart and take thy form from off my door. Quoth the raven, nevermore. And the raven, never flitting, still is sitting, still is sitting, on the pallid bust of Pallas, just above my chamber door. And his eyes have all the seeming of a demon's that is dreaming, and the lamplight o'er him streaming throws his shadow on the floor. And my soul from out that shadow that lies floating on the floor, shall be lifted 
nevermore. I like Poe. My first exposure to Edgar Allan Poe was probably the Roger Corman movies. Most of them with Vincent Price that he made in the, I think it was the 50s and 60s. And they would show them on Thriller Theater on Channel 13, Saturdays at 3 p.m. And uh, I think I probably picked up a Poe book around that time from the library at school. And they're a little bit hard reading for, you know, for a kid, especially. And then Marshall Latham has had us do some Poe for his Journey Into podcast. And then we did... Oh, I think the very first episode of the podcast that dares not speak its name was my reading of the Telltale Heart, Dissemble No More. Tis the beating of his hideous heart. I think like a lot of people, like a, a lot of goths, I'm drawn to Poe because of his moroseness. There's a morbid fascination with death and regret and darkness with him that's that's attractive his life is really interesting and tragic as was his death and when he died the baltimore papers all said you know uh, edgar Allan poe author of the raven dead at you know 47 or 52 or 10 however old it was this was the biggest success that he had in his lifetime. But he still was one of those unsung guys who couldn't catch a break during life and was only appreciated once he was gone. And maybe that's another reason that goths are drawn to him. Oh, and uh, if the guy uses my... Um, my reading in a a cool song, I will ask him. Hell, I won't even ask. I'll just run it on this show. So you'll hear it uh, in the future if anything comes of it. And boy, I am, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it might suck. Let's be honest here. But who cares? It, I mean, it's an adventure, right? So now I'll let you go. Mm. That's scary. See, the door is opening on its own. And it makes a, a lovely creeping sound. What can you do? <laughs>